City Church. I'm Lisa. Uh, I really, really am looking forward to the day where we can be, can be in the same space. But until then, uh, we do all these little uh, Zoom calls and videos and um, we're in separate spaces. Um, this morning, I'm going to be talking about a topic, but I just want to let you know, because I'm speaking and this is um, I guess a lot of who I am is just, um, I love the voice of God. I love um, prophecy and I love the prophetic. So I actually am going to be starting with a prophetic word. Um, so if you don't have your coffee right now, go and get your coffee right now. Uh, you can grab your Bible at the same time. And uh, I, I think we'll make this available somehow if you want to reread re it later. So, yeah, I'm going to start with a prophetic word, which is for our church. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of foundation um, with some other prophecy first. Um, so, yeah, let's just jump on in. If you've got your Bible, you can open it at Revelation 3. I'm just going to read it to you. It is this. So I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Revelation 3.18, so I counsel you to purchase gold perfected by fire so that you can be truly rich. Purchase a white garment to cover and clothe your shameful Adam nakedness. Purchase eye salve to be placed over your eyes so that you can truly see. So we're going to come back to that verse, but I just want you to sit. You will have read it before, but I just want you to sit with that open because we're going to pop back in. So many of you have already heard, um, <clears throat> you will have heard of Bob Jones, who's a pretty famous um, prophet who has gone to be with Jesus now. So he um, gave a lot of different prophetic words, but particularly in the 70s and 80s, um, there was a bunch of them. You can Google this in your own time. But what I want to talk about is a word he gave, I think it was in the 80s. And what he saw, he described as a billion soul harvest. And so um, it is super interesting if you love prophecy to, to listen to this. Uh, some of the things that he described before this billion soul harvest was were, uh, I guess, a number of markers that you could look at to know that that time is close. So I'm just going to share. <clears throat> you may have heard this, but if not... So one of the things that Bob Jones saw was Chinese people in a rice paddy and they were wearing, he described, um, a watch that had pictures on it and worship music coming out of it. So this is in the 1980s, keep in mind. And so for us, we're like, oh, that's an Apple Watch, which of course was released in 2015, I think. Um, so years before he saw that and a number of other things and he said when you see all these things then you'll know that we're about to launch into this time of a billion soul harvest. Um, so even if you have trouble wrapping your head around um, prophets like that because they're kind of right out there aren't they or um, like yeah that kind of prophecy um, you can at least just believe from scripture that that we know that God's kingdom is always advancing and um, that is, it's his heart to extend his kingdom and his generous rule and reign 
um, wherever we are on the earth. <clears throat> so I'm good to go with both those things. I believe it from scripture that God wants his kingdom to come. And I also believe things like um, prophetic words when I hear them where I'm like, that's God's heart to see billions of souls um, saved. Uh, so I'm just going to share a little bit about where I'm at, just out of interest for you. Um, so in my heart, I believe that Bob Jones prophecy, um, because for me, I've had a number of um, actual dreams, like asleep dreams over the last 10 years where I've seen, um, I've seen the move of God. I've seen in my dreams, I've seen what, what's going to happen in the church and what's going to happen with people. Um, so I don't have a problem believing that it that, that that's going to happen. Um, if you're interested in any of those, just ask me sometime and I'd love to tell you. The other thing that I'm just going to share today, a little story of mine, is when I was 19, I'd become a Christian around 18 and I was walking by myself on a deserted beach and it was like a windy, wintry day. There was just no one else on the beach and I was, I was praying and I was crying out to God for Australia. Um, I was like, God, come to this place. And um, to be honest, I was feeling pretty disheartened because I couldn't really imagine um, Australia coming to Jesus. I just couldn't as a 19-year-old. Um, didn't have heaps of faith. So I was just like really crying out for it. Then I sat down. I was just asking God in my spirit, how will it happen? And then... Um, I should explain as well. So the way I hear God's voice um, predominantly, mostly, is seeing. So I am a seer and um, I'm an artist as well. So it kind of really makes sense. So um, on this day on the beach, I sat down like on a sand dune or something. And I straight away saw a picture of a man. And the picture moved into the top part of the, the man's um, shirt and chest. And I saw a hand coming um, towards placing like placing a blue ribbon. You know in primary school when you'd run a, do a running race and you'd get blue because you were first. So it was like just one of those blue, sort of like a rosette ribbon thing, the first ribbon that you, you win. And I saw it being pinned to the chest and I heard a voice saying, I will win her and I will display her as a prize. And I noticed that the ribbon was being pinned onto the left of the chest and which was, it, it's over the heart. And I knew that that meant that Jesus was saying to me, I'm going to win Australia to my heart. And as I thought about this as a 19 year old, I was sitting there and I was thinking, how will this ever happen? Um, and so in real life, I was sitting on a beach, um, sort of on a sand dune, and I was just like gazing out to the water and I was like, God, how will this happen? And immediately when I asked that question in my heart, how would this ever happen? Um, in real life, a dolphin um, jumped out of the water and did a backflip just in front of me. And I felt the Lord say, I will do it. And, um, and then I remembered nothing is impossible for God. And I felt like I'd just watch a command performance. Um, and so I just wanna share, before I give this prophetic word for Glory City Church, I want to share that that's where I'm coming from, that that it's not um, it's not difficult for me to believe that God has a plan for Australia, that that we're actually going to see um, an incredible move of God's presence and God's spirit in Australia, 
Um, I'm sort of, I'm always on the edge of, I have expectation all the time that I'm about to see something that will blow my mind. So that's kind of where I'm coming from um, as, I, as I give this word. Okay, so the picture I had for you for Glory City Church. So I saw a little greenhouse, like a little um, glass greenhouse, um, like a cubby sized one that you grow your plants and veggies in for a small household. And then I saw many little greenhouses and I feel like they represent the households of the church. And I heard the Lord say that this greenhouse season will end. Some of you just need to hear that. This will end. This small household season will finish. But that the way that we've tended to the important things in this season is extremely important and it's going to be multiplied for the next season. Um, so this bunker down season that we're in is super important for this next season that we will go into. So as I give this greenhouse word, as I've already said, I want you to have in your heart the expectation that you're going to see something amazing in your lifetime in Australia with your own eyes. And I want you to start to look forward. So don't focus on where we're at. Um, the enemy is trying really hard to discourage people, to discourage you and, and lie to you. But I just want to remind you that nothing's impossible for God. And I want to encourage you, we are living in extraordinary times. Like it's an amazing time to be alive. Um, it's incredible. So I think to, to connect this greenhouse word that I'm giving, um, I want you to connect it with this billion soul harvest idea and the expectation that God's kingdom is going to increase without end. So back to our little church. Our great church. I felt like he's asking us to understand how to grow and how to steward and how to tend things when we're shut away in our own little houses because a time is coming when we will need to be experts in stewarding, tending and growing. I also saw that you put on plants um, manure and blood and bone and um, stinky things and I felt God's invitation for us to dig those things into the soil of our life, like the hard, crappy things, be honest. Um, there's an invitation for you and for me to let God change them into dynamic lifter. That's what I heard the words were, dynamic lifter, which if you know what that is, it is a combination of all those stinky things. And he, God, is going to change the hardest things in your life into the things that grow you the most and that bring extreme health to you in your body, your soul, and your spirit. So the way to do this is to surrender to the pruning. So I want you to remember in scripture, pruning is a reward and it brings extreme growth. So the next picture I saw in this greenhouse picture was um, some people I know, they have a business uh, they grow indoor plants and it's a large scale business. So they have giant greenhouses. So in real life, they have giant greenhouses and in real life, they've just moved into their new build, their new beautiful big house. And in this beautiful new big house, they've got about 20 hanging plants in the front entrance of their house. It looks amazing. And they have under their, under their stairs is a, um, a giant, like an indoor garden in the ground. It's amazing. 
So I felt, I saw this picture and I felt the Lord say, even in the next season, though you won't be shut into your little greenhouse anymore, you need to take with you all the life-giving ways that you learnt in the greenhouse season and you, you are to bring them into the big house. And so I felt like this big new build, this big new house represents the church, God's house. And I can see growth in the size of this house. So I feel like I'm, I'm just going to prophesy there's going to be growth in our church as well. And so I saw many people bringing into the entrance of their house, their plants, their pot plants, the things that they tended to and stewarded over this season. And it was bringing beauty and life to the house. So in real life, plants bring beauty and they bring oxygen as well. So I felt like this is going to be a time that is just making us so, so healthy as people who've learned to lean into God. We know how to lean into intimacy and friendship with God. Um, we've, we're people who've learned to lean into Jesus as our source. And it's going to look and feel in this house lovely, green, fresh, life-giving. So the oxygen that these plants let off is like the breath of God in the house. And so I just want to mention these Hebrew names for the Holy Spirit. And it's really what the atmosphere of the house felt like. It was the Ruach, the spirit, which means spirit, breath, blowing wind and power. The Neshama, which is the breath of life. And the Numa, which is wind and breath. And so all of these were like the oxygen in the house and um, the atmosphere of the house, the Holy Spirit. So I just I say this word just to encourage you um, for tomorrow when you go back into your little greenhouse and shut the door in this second season of lockdown. Um, and I know your heart, some of you have a heart that just feels so tired of being alone with your plants and your veggies and, and your aloneness. Um, I just want to remind you, God, God is really with you. He really can work all things for good. Um, he's also an expert gardener. And also, can I just remind you, this season of tending and stewarding is not just for you. I want you to think this tending of important things of intimacy with God, of healthy relationships, healing, of um, soaking in the word. These are things for someone else or for many others, because your testimony is an ongoing testimony. So I want you to realize the things that we invest in now that we tend to, they're going to bless people in the future because there'll be people that you lead to Jesus or that you disciple or that you intercede for or that you heal or that you pray for or you serve or you feed. This season is an investment into that season, into the future, into bringing God's kingdom and into the extraordinary move of God that he wants us to start looking toward. We're, we're meant to be people who are not just gazing at this season that we're in. We're very aware of this season that we're in, but we need to be looking um, forward in the way that he does, which is why we need self for our eyes, isn't it? I want to remind you that this, this looking forward and this being aware of that you're investing for the future is for your kids. They're going to see and bring the things that we've dreamt of and we've prayed for. Amen. 
So I'm just going to read that verse again in Revelation 3.18. I counsel you to purchase gold perfected by fire so that you can be truly rich. Purchase a white garment to cover and clothe your nakedness. Purchase eye self to be placed over your eyes so that you can truly see. So I love this verse because we're counseled, we're being counseled by the most wise person in the universe, Jesus, to buy gold refined in the fire, cover ourselves in Christ, put salve on our eyes so that we can see. So I really believe that there is a refining and a stripping back happening for us as believers as we let go of so much. We're letting go of busyness, of programs, even um, our need for people and connection, which is healthy. You know, some of those things have tipped over into um, meeting our needs that are meant to be met in God. And so where we've been a bit unbalanced or um, just a bit unhealthy, it's like all of that's been taken away and all the extras that we've added onto our expression of faith. And we're coming back to the bare bones of what it is to know and follow Jesus. So just to sit and hear his voice. So even some of the things, my fav- one of my favourite things is corporate worship. We all love that. Um, that's even been taken away. So I just want to encourage you that worship foremost is an attitude of the heart. So um, the simplicity of trust and faith in Jesus is one of is the gold. So there's even more gold to discover during this time. I want to encourage you to go on a treasure hunt. So the salve on our eyes so that we can see what really, um, what is true. And it's also the lens that we see things with. So it's how we're going to view this time and it's how we're going to view the future as well. So we're not, we're not meant to be blind, are we, from that verse. We're counseled by Jesus to make sure our eyes see truly or that we can see what is true. Um, we're all aware we're living in a challenging moment of history, but I just want to encourage you, we're not the first people to live through a challenging moment in history <laughs> or difficult times. So um, some of our heroes in the faith, if you read the Bible, um, they had to wrestle with quite hard things. And I, I feel like they would have found it pretty hard to be able to see or to find God or to follow, um, sorry, to find gold or follow God in those trying moments. I just want to remind you of some of those people. Um, think of Esther, Daniel, Hosea, Moses, Paul and Jesus. So Esther, um, we know the story of Esther. She was taken from her people for her looks to become a, a queen to a man she'd never met. And she who didn't love God. Daniel, who was again forcibly taken from his people due to his looks and his health, he had his name changed. Not much fun. He served a bad king who had a thing for killing people on a whim, if you read about that. And Daniel, who was famously thrown into a den of lions. Hosea, who was a prophet, he was married to a prostitute. Moses, who lived despite all the other boys his age were slaughtered, weren't they? And that was a trauma he had to grow up with, knowing. And then he lived through all those plagues. Paul, who we know, we know all about his shipwrecks, snake bites, prison. And then, and Jesus, who from the moment he started his ministry, he was hunted down. His cousin got beheaded and he, he gave his life. So these were extreme assignments. None of them sound... Um, like anything any of us would really want to choose. 
and probably not all of us are called to those exact things, but all of us are going to face things in this life that are difficult and that we feel ill-equipped for. Were these people made of stronger stuff than us? I don't think so. You only have to read some of King David's Psalms and then you find him at his most wretched, unbalanced, emotionally unstable. And yet he was called a man after the Lord's heart. So what was it that all these people possessed? They just chose to put their trust in God, that he was good. Um, Matthew 7 um, gives us a great clue. Jesus says, When the storms hit, the rain pounded down and waters rose, levees broke and winds beat all the walls of that house. But the house did not fall because it was built upon rock. So Jesus himself gives us this really good clue. Um, that it's not if the storms of life hit, it's when. And I would suggest that we are living through one of the storms of life, aren't we? I just want to read out um, a beautiful verse that gives us a clue on how to live in this season. So Psalm 32, 8 says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Now, I love this verse. Like, how on earth do you get guided by an eye? So it's much easier to understand being guided by a hand or a voice or um, a signpost, isn't it? But an eye... So I want, you've all had this experience before where you're talking to somebody and you're locking eyes and all of a sudden they've looked over there, like they're above your head. Um, in the worst instance, you feel very devalued in that second. But I want you to imagine if you're standing talking face to face with Jesus locking eyes because he's actually never going to not value you. But say you're looking eye to eye with Jesus and all of a sudden he looks over there. And because he loves you perfectly, you're perfectly loving that situation, um, would you not want to look? I would. If someone's looking over there, and particularly if it's Jesus, who I completely trust that he loves me, I would want to be like, what are you looking at? So in that moment, to me, I feel the invitation of God to look where he's looking but to be guided in that way by God's eye, we need to be that close, don't we? We need to be able to look eye to eye with him. So in the last part of that verse, don't make me tug you and pull you along, just come with me. So here God is asking us to know his presence and his spirit and his face in such a close way that you would know the nuances of his moves, just like ever so slightly, ever so slightly. <laughs> and... That becomes your path. That's where you're just like, well, I'm going there. And this is where we need self for our eyes to be able to see truly or truly see. It's about our lens and seeing the current situation that we're in. And it's about being able to see Jesus even in a fog of circumstance. So our eyes can look at the now, but also the future. And we need in this refining time to find gold in his presence, in his intimacy, in his friendship. 
in actual time sitting with him and meditating on his word. All these slow, quiet, presence-soaked moments that our former lives may not have led us. I want to even say now, if you find that you are filling up every night with a Zoom call or every day with whatever you do, pull it back because that temptation to be busy is always there. But I'm just saying don't miss the opportunity of this moment to find the gold. I think if we can tend to these things, we will emerge healthier and more full of the breath and the life and the living water that we're going to need to sustain gardens that we will be given responsibility to tend in the future. So I could see from our greenhouse season, us having little gardens in different areas of our lives. Some of us are going to go back to a workplace and have a garden there. Um, you might go back to a school. You might go to a mum's group. And you're going to know how to tend to those things well because you will have had this intense greenhouse season if you take the invitation, if we can take it, if we can see it and take it. I just want to encourage you too, for some of us out there, if all you can see or smell right now is the fertilizer, that's okay because if you ask God, who is the master gardener, um, he's capable of digging that stuff in and turning it into dynamic lift for you. So I just want to um, prophesy to you that there's um, dynamic lifter that's going to come into your life. It's a slow release thing, so don't lose heart. Okay, just ask him to help you with that stuff and he will trust. If all you can see is the fire from that verse, if all you can see is the fire, ask God to show you the gold that he wants you to buy. Now notice there's a purchase, okay? A purchase is an exchange. And so I just want to remind you, God is the best at, at, at exchange. And my tip here is that he always trades up. Um, you're always going to be on the better end than he is because you give him the crappy stuff like um, the anxiety or whatever. You cast your cares onto him and he gives you peace. Like you get rid of the yuck stuff and he, he always, you'll always get a better deal. That's just... God is just like that. Started with the beautiful exchange on the cross and it's, he's so good. So practical ways to put salve on your eyes. I've got a few little three truths. First truth, remember that God is good. All right. Spend some time remembering his goodness in your own life. Ways of doing this is rehearse out loud. I mean, I'm just talking in my um, kitchen here, but... Rehearse out loud your testimony, write, write out your stories, write out your um, salvation story, talk it, sing it, um, tell it to your dog, like tell it to a tree. Just start to rehearse the goodness of God in your life. It's really, really um, great thing to do. Um, second thing to do, rejoice and give thanks. So in the Psalms, David speaks to his own soul and tells it to wake up, awake my soul. And sometimes we need to get in line with thanking and praising God, no matter what your emotions or your thoughts are doing. So this is a spirit response. It's important. And this is also a time where we get to learn to worship on our own. Like I know that we all want to do corporate worship again, but learn how to worship on your own. Sing on your own, speak in tongues on your own. Um, 
it's a heart response, remember. You, we shouldn't need hype and we shouldn't need others as much as that's all healthy and great. Um, but this learn how to worship on your own. See, see that as tending to your little green shoots there. It might be tiny, but tend to it. Okay, third, uh, third thing, refuse to give up. So read all the stories in the Bible. Read all those things that I um, just mentioned, all those people I mentioned before. Read about perseverance and what it says about perseverance in the Bible. And then ask God to fill you with backbone and stubbornness and, and like a how to dig your heels in and not be moved in your faith. Okay, if you don't have it, ask for it. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. And the other thing, um, the huge hint here is that joy is your strength. And if you don't have joy, ask for it. Okay, and let him put it in you like backbone. So those three things you can try. So I am actually going to stop talking now. I just wanted to leave some time. You could go and get your second coffee if you want to. Or the other thing is hang in for 10 more minutes and there's a few questions that um, would be really good to ask Jesus from that verse in Revelation that I read out before. So these are the questions. You might want to write them down and then just spend a few minutes letting the Holy Spirit counsel you because he's really good at that. These are the questions that I thought would be handy. So you could ask Jesus, what do I need to exchange or purchase in this time? What is the gold you have for me? Um, Jesus, how do I put I salve on or what are the parts of my life or my identity or what are the parts of who you are, God, that I'm not seeing clearly? Like, what do, what do you want me to know about who you are, God? God, I need I salve to see the future. I've just lost hope. You might have no hope or discouragement or maybe ask him, is disappointment or discouragement making me blind, God? So I just want to, to encourage you to use this verse as a conversation with God. Um, really, God is he's just completely relational. And uh, yeah, he's all about conversation and um, revelation. And, it, and it's always to make us more whole and more free. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't had any of these conversations or if your vision can only go so far and if, or if you just don't even have hope or can't even um, believe that there is a big move of God coming to this country that you'll see with your own eyes of like, hey, well, what's wrong with my eyes and why can't I see that far? Um, what, what other broadcasts am I listening to? So just ask him about that and what the eye salve is about for you. So I just want to finish off by praying. Um, so if you just want to join with me in prayer. So God, we just say yes to you that you use all things for good, including this refining time. And God, let us be stripped of all the unnecessary stuff. Lord, we want to be clothed in who you are and who you say that we are. God, let us see with our eyes, what you're doing in this season and in the future so that we can join with heaven and say, yes, amen. Lord, we love, love you. We love that your heart is good. And we just want to give ourselves to you, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. You're amazing. And um, 
yeah, let's just keep talking and we'll see you soon. Bye.